Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success for The Speaker Lab, and I am so glad to be here taking over The Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students, and I promise you're going to learn a ton from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, it's my privilege to introduce you to Chris Fela, one of our rock star students who is definitely going to inspire you from his story and his journey. So Chris, welcome. So glad to be with you today. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited about this. I always love a chance to connect with you. Yeah, well, it's been an honor watching you go through this process of not only just like the speaker lab process, but really like stepping into the speaker that you want to become. So I'd love for you to just share with the audience what you speak about, what's your industry, how did you, well, let's do that. Let's just start there because if I ask a ton of questions, it's going to be like, what's the question she asked? <laughs> so right. for, for, to start, what, what do you speak about and who is your industry? One of them has a clear answer. One of them has a not as clear answer. I'm, All right. I'm very, I like that. I'm very much in process. So I speak on life-giving leadership the type of leadership that people want to be around, the type of leadership that is life-giving to the leader themselves so they can do what they love and lead from a place of strength for the long haul, but also so that everybody that interacts with them will, will experience that sense of life. You know, you come away refreshed and encouraged by, by spending time with that leader. Uh, there are three main kind of subsets underneath that. Um, strengths. So I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. If you're familiar with Clifton Strengths or Strengths Finder, mm -hmm. relational brilliance. How do you have powerful, amazing? How do you not only love your work but love the people you work with? Mm, and love that one. 
we also do work around stress. So um, life-giving leadership is stress-proof leadership. So I give talks on how to stress-proof your life, how to stress-proof your culture, your organization. And I gladly would talk about all three, any one of those at any time. And that also segues into the second part of your question to anyone. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of playing the field right now, for lack of a better phrase, industry-wise. I've spoken to a group of accountants and tax attorneys. I have something set up with a whole statewide association of district attorneys. I work with nonprofits, um, speak to teachers, educators, who else recently? Utility, industry. So my, my expertise is human energy and, and organizational energy. And it's been a really cool connection with people who actually work with utility energy, right? Electricity, solar, stuff like that. So I'm kind of all over the map playing really hard and trying to pay attention to who I resonate with the most deeply, who gets served the most powerfully and who I get the most life from being with. Mm. Yeah. It's more like um, for you. And that's why you answered that way, because here at the speaker lab, we do want our students to hone in on who they serve, why they serve them, how they serve them. Totally. Name me someone who doesn't have stress in their life. I dare you. <laughs> so I understand now um, why you had to answer in that way. I- I'd love to know too, we have a lot of students who come to us and they may be transitioning from one um, aspect of their life into speaking. Mm-hmm. And so pastors going into speaking, teachers going into speaking, like so many different different um, areas and arenas, but I love, how did you hone in on this topic? Yeah, thanks for that question. It's funny that you mentioned pastors going into speaking because I've been speaking since I became a legal adult and (laughs) I turned, I actually turned 40 um, on December 23rd and we're recording this, what is it, December 17th for whatever that's worth. So um, happy birthday, big one. Thank you. I'm, I'm right on the cusp of moving into a new decade and but I've been speaking for about 20 years. I just never knew that you could get paid so well for it. Mm. And all of a sudden, as I, you know, I, I think it was when I turned 38, I, I started hearing some stories. Uh, I got some speaker lab, I think it was Instagram ads probably, and started listening to, to Grant's story. And I've always loved being in front of a group of people, sharing ideas that have been transformative for me seeing the light bulbs come on for them and continuing the conversation beyond that. And I, but I always did it without needing or wanting um, much financial compensation for it because the meaning was so deep and so rich for me that it was like, Oh, if I get paid, that's great. But I'm already getting compensated enough with the satisfaction, the fulfillment. And then that just kind of quit working. You know, I have a 16 year old who's going to graduate a year early from high school and looking at college you know, we're having the college conversation, things like that. So it was the sense of, okay, wait a minute. It's time to make a really, really um, significant up level mm-hmm. in our financial world, mm-hmm. but continuing to do who I've always been. I know I kind of mixed right my verbs there, but, but communicating is, is what I've always loved. It's always been my wheelhouse. I'm so glad I found the speaker lab. I don't mean this to be kind of a shameless plug here, but I just had no idea how to actually get compensated for it in a way that my wife would be like, you can go home, you can go away for three days and come back with a check like that. 
you go as often as you want. <laughs> you know, whereas before it was always like, me. totally. Yeah. Whereas before and my boys, you know, were like, Daddy, why do you always have to go? You know, why do you always have to travel? And it, I was getting paid very insignificant amounts of money to be gone for a long time. And the impact was there, but my family wasn't being compensated for the time away and that that needed to change and that's mm -hmm. been changing and it's been it's been super exciting yeah yeah i i think too it's it you you touch on something because we have a lot of speakers who have been speaking for a long time and mm -hmm. not getting paid or right. you know maybe getting donations if you will <laughs> right right and so there is something there when you hone in on your craft and you step into, you said it, that next level mm -hmm. that you have that confidence to ask for what you're worth. When did that happen for you? It's still happening. Mm, I love that. Right. It's, it's always evolving, right? Yeah. It's always evolving, but a lot of it has come because I have so much muscle memory, not attaching my message to the money equated to it it's been a big learning curve for me and so i have i have a, an admin that i work with and my wife and other people that constantly have to remind me hey don't sell yourself short here think about what happened when you went to work with this organization look at how things are different for them now how much is that investment you can't even quantify right how much that's worth for them in dollars so don't sell yourself short and so what I do, honestly, this is this, I don't recommend this to, to everybody, but for people that are kind of working through my hangups, uh, if they're in a similar position, when I have the budget conversation with an event planner, I go talk to my wife and my admin and I ask them their numbers. And then okay. I come back and because I don't trust myself, I'm still building that trust with myself to, to match the value I bring with the value I receive financially. And so I let, I let my wife and my, uh, my admin kind of dictate that for me. And I just say, okay, I'm going to trust you. If you say it, I'm going to go for it. And it scares me. It's so terrifying to, to put out a number that, that they ask for. And it's so funny when people are like, oh, sure. No problem. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. On the outside, I'm like, sweet, you know, play cool and on the inside. I'm like, oh my goodness. They just said yes. Yeah. I mean, the money, the money thing is a, is a thing. You know, um, it it's comes a up a lot. It's like, mm -hmm. we have the audacity to build businesses. We have the audacity to become speakers, get on stages all over the world and speak, but to ask for that money, yeah, there's like this little switch that goes off. Like you can't do that. <laughs> you can talk in front of a thousand people, but you can't ask for money. Right. What, what do you think that is? Oh, I think there's so many things. I, I don't know all the, the layers of it. Um, it's, it's really funny. So I, I come from obviously a faith background. So here's one piece and then I'll circle around to the other thing that comes up for me. But it's, it's very funny that, you know, a lot of people in the faith world have this thing ingrained in them from the mouth of Jesus, freely you have received, freely give, right? It's like you've, you've been given so much through mentors and through um, community and through your learning. So, so give that away. And then we forget that I think it's like the very next verse or maybe like a couple more. Um, after that, Jesus says, oh, and the worker is worthy of their wages. Mm -hmm. Like they're literally right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And yet one of them is just totally, you know, we're blinded to it. And so there's a sense of, no, you have to give this away. And 
I think I think that's part of it for those of you know of us that come from the faith background. I think another thing that I'm trying to remind myself is that we're not getting paid for 45 minutes on a stage. We're not getting paid for, you know, the three hours that we're with the people. We're getting paid for all of the experiences, the value, the um, the distillation we've gone through, the heartaches, the challenges, the triumphs. We're getting paid to put language to that, to other people, so that they can kind of, to use, you know, one of the speaker lab uh, coaches, Rick Clemens, great term, to kind of fold time so mm-hmm. that so that what took us years and heartache and blood sweat and tears to to assimilate into our lives if you can articulate that in a powerful enough way for somebody they don't need to have all of that all of those scars to experience the benefits of that lesson and i think that's a beautiful thing to get paid for so my my admin reminds me all the time you're getting paid for all that you've invested in your brain all that you've invested in living in China for five years and traveling to 40 countries and all the things you've done, all the places you've been, you are getting paid to bring your internal resource library and the, the things that are who you are to these people and give them as much as you can in a shorter time. And hear myself say that now, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But when a, an event planner is like, so what do you charge? I'm like, it, uh, uh. <laughs> so it still gets gummed up in me. Yeah. But that's, but, what, that's what I'm trying to learn. But then, but then you're not only just trying to learn it, you've also plugged in people to help you override your weakness. Mm-hmm. And that is so critical for success, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'm not going to just sit here and say, well, I'm a procrastinator or I have money story issues. So we all know that I have money story issues, right? So you can say that over and over again, but you've actually done the hard work, admitted it, and then put people in place to override your limiting beliefs. And I I think that's a, that's a huge component to um, you continuing to achieve more and more success because you're not in this alone. And I think, you know, that you're doing great work. You're making uh, an impact. You're giving people an opportunity to learn from you through you. But the money thing is just one of those things that you'll probably always be working at, which is, that's okay. As long as you do it in a way that you're doing it. And I think so many um, solopreneurs, speakers, they forget that component. It's one thing to know this about yourself walking around saying it about yourself. Like, I love the people who are like, I'm just not good with time. I'm just not good with time. Mm. <laughs> you, with time. You, know, you gotta right. get with, good with time. Use your iPhone, set your timer, get good with time. Right. Like, you Figure have, this out. Right. Figure it out. And sometimes it's not you. It's sometimes putting the right people, places, and things in order so that you can override um, that weakness. We, we're human. We're going to have weaknesses, but how you handle those weaknesses is what's going to help you override them and, and be the success that you're trying to be. No point in trying to be successful. If you're just going to keep repeating that your baddest is one thing. <laughs> uh, just circling around the same runway. Right. And never. Yeah. Thank you for that playback. I love that because there's, there's a couple of really important pieces to that. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's Dan Sullivan and a guy named Benjamin Hardy wrote a book together and the book is called who not how you're probably familiar with it. And the whole idea is, right, whenever we go into the how question, how do we get over this? How do we accomplish this? 
as soon as we find ourselves procrastinating, we know that there's a better question to ask. And so the question they give is, who do I need on board? Whose support do I need to enlist and enroll in this so that I can get to where I wanna go? And that's been a really, really crucial distinction for me because the how question, I, I had a brain injury, uh, probably this, I was 14 years old or so, uh, snowboarding. This was before the days of helmets. Oh and yeah. I, I actually get neurofeedback. I have uh, somebody that helps, I do brain therapy, but the therapist is pretty convinced that, that um, around that time I had a brain injury. So it's, it's really, really difficult for me to sync, sequence things out. Um, it kind of looks like ADHD, but it's a little bit different, but mm -hmm. I literally have to hire people or recruit people to be, um, certain aspects of my prefrontal cortex time mm -hmm. organization sequencing. And I could, I can get really frustrated with myself and be like, okay, this is, you know, I'm just not going to do that. And I've had times where I just pity party and make excuses, but in my better moments, I'm like, okay, who can help me with this? And the second piece of that is the whole idea of weaknesses. Like you talked about weaknesses and strengths are a relative issue, right? So if I, sometimes when I teach on, on strengths to different groups, I'll ask people, if you could wave a magic wand and erase all of your weaknesses, how many of you would do that? And then most people would, right? But then what you find out is that the moment you do that, you actually remove so many key relationships from your life because those weaknesses are also opportunity for others to bring their strength to bear mm -hmm. in our world and come alongside us. And so I don't, I don't have this sense of, oh, my weakness is you know, something that I'm going to hide behind anymore. I see my weakness as opportunity to let somebody else come in in a life-giving way and we co-elevate to use Keith Ferrazzi's term. So it's, this is a, there's a lot of learning that's happened here, but thank you for playing that back to me because mm. I'm, I'm glad that in at least one way, I'm kind of practicing what I try to preach. So. I mean, if no one listens to anything, they need to listen to what you just said, because mm. I was going to ask a follow-up question. What's the difference between yourself who has admittedly said, I have some money issues asking for that kind of money versus and, but yet does the, the work to implement the right people to override the thought mm. versus somebody else who just doesn't ask for the money mm. and then gets on stage and I should be, I should have been paid more for this. This is ridiculous, <laughs> right. All the right. victim stuff that's in, yeah. but that's the difference, right? It's this, this, this awareness that, um, and, and I also, well, I'm going to override my own thought, but I also think it's like, I feel like you have such a profound why you're really mm -hmm. um, a family guy, you know, you love your children, your wife. And I also, I also think that that's a critical piece to it. And I, mm -hmm. I speak about this a lot, but I think you're able to see your weakness, uh, own it. That's a big thing. And then address it and, and do things to override it versus someone else who's just kind of stuck in the conundrum of, I can't ask for that. I should have asked for that. What's the matter with the world, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, oh. It's like they're, they're, they're missing the ownership piece. Mm. And I feel like the ownership piece is, is deeply connected to the why. Um, does that resonate at all for you? Yeah, that, that resonates tremendously. There was one simple thought. The, the bridge, the money piece and the why piece for me as it relates to my family, because I, I used to be of the mindset, well, just just give it away and it'll all work out. And sometimes and in some ways that's true. And you can, you know, you can kind of notice things that that validate that. But the problem is 
when I love how Grant always says, you know, I, I like to eat and sleep indoors, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's really a thing. Um, and I remember a coach one time, he asked the question, would you go take money from your savings account and give it away to a stranger without talking to your family and for no valid reason? And I was like, well, he, he basically set it up as when you don't have the conversation and charge what you feel is the worth that you bring, the value that you bring, you're essentially stealing from your family. And my, my number one strength in the StrengthsFinder ecosystem is belief. The last thing I ever want to do anywhere is steal. I've never stolen in my life that I can remember. And I don't mean that a brag, you know, a bragging way. I just, that's not who I am. But on top of that, to ever steal from my family? Yeah, right. Like that, that is such an atrocious thought. And so to see me cutting corners, to see myself cutting corners in the financial conversation for someone else's benefit to a, in a way that's a detriment to my family, all of a sudden, I, that was the reframe that I needed that I was like, oh, right. If they can't afford me, it just means it's not a fit. It doesn't mean that I need to go take away from my family to give to them. Someone else will come along that is a fit for. Totally. And that's, that's still kind of working its way down deeper into my core. But that was a tremendous reframe between that why and the, and the money issues. Because the, the why piece... It drives a lot for me. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but it, it really does drive a lot for me. And it has to stay front and center. So Yeah. Well, that's it. Like defining that why is so critical to um, driving, driving your success. I'll add one more thing to that. You know, you yeah. spoke uh, family and any speakers that are like, well, I don't, I don't have a wife and kids or mm. I don't have that type of that deep why, you know, going back to the person who didn't ask for their worth and their have to travel and their travel goes haywire. They get on stage and there's not the amount of people that they thought, like one thing just started <laughs> dominoing all the way down. And then they're like, I can't believe I only asked for $500. Like this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know, you have to remember that money is a, an exchange of energy as well. Mm-hmm. If I give you the money that you feel you're worth, you show up in full capacity to deliver the opportunity that I am seeking when you ask for something less than you show up as less than because mm-hmm. money is that energy and it infuses the level of energy that is required in that relationship based off of worth and mm-hmm. value. And we don't put enough weight into that because we do have these limited limiting beliefs around it. But I think what we could leave our audience with is when you think about quoting your value through that dollar amount. Who are you when you get on stage, when you're paid what you think you're worth? Mm -hmm. And who are you when you get on stage, when you think you got ripped off because they're two different people? Yeah, those are great, great thoughts. uh, Great points. There's a, I don't remember her name right now, but there's a lady that talks about how um, she says that, that to have healthy relationships, every interaction needs to be energetically equal. And that doesn't always mean dollar to dollar from each side, right? Sometimes it's, you know, you guys will talk as the speaker lab about there are other ways to get compensated, but money is the most tangible, the most concrete way to, to make that interaction energetically equal. 
And the other thought that comes to my mind with that that's been really helpful for me is uh, there's a guy named Michael Ellsberg. He wrote um, some great books. He wrote a book called The Education of Millionaires about people that never had um, uh, degrees and went on to be wildly successful. And then he wrote a book called The Last Great Investment, which is essentially, spoiler alert, not stocks, but yourself and your mm -hmm. mind and your skill set. But he, he talks about your happy price. And he says, you know, sit with the numbers and, and see which number makes you feel too much pressure to where you feel like, no, that's actually too much weight on my shoulders. I don't think I could deliver that. And then drop it all the way down to where you'd start to feel resentful. If you said yes at this amount, and then you had to show up and, and deliver for that, would you have, like you were talking about, what kind of energy would you be bringing to that? And then you start moving it up to where you, you find that spot where if like, if you say yes, and they say yes, at this amount, where is there just enough of that light, joyful energy to where you're like, I'm excited to do this, but I don't feel buried under the weight of the expectation. Mm -hmm. And then what I'm trying to do is add about 10% to that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Where's the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's that price point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's, that's been something super helpful, right? Because a lot of us, we can, there's, there's a spectrum there. You can, you can get into a situation and you just really feel like, oh, I don't know if I have that. And then that pressure can actually work against you and be counterproductive. But you don't want to show up resentful and feel like you're getting the short end of the stick because nobody wants that energy in a room, especially from the front, right? Yep. They want you to be there fully on board and invested and excited for the opportunity you have. For so, sure. Yeah. Thanks. I love those thoughts. I love hearing how you play that back because- this is, this is an important conversation. You know, we, we like to talk about what's your message and who's your audience, but I think a really big piece of it is how do you decide what you charge? Yeah, it is. And then how do you, I think if we were to sum this up, it's like, okay, what's my price point? How do I lean into that? And how does it make me feel mm -hmm. like at a visceral level? Like, like how does, what's my gut telling me about okay. this price? And if it's, if it's a want, 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 <laughs> you really need to do a gut check there because that's how you're going to feel on stage. And maybe not initially, maybe not like your first gig at your first gig, you'll probably take anything. We get that. Mm -hmm. right. But as you really start building this out and you're, you're doing the hustle of traveling and organizing and structuring your family uh, planning and, and business planning and other things you have going on in your life this actually really does matter. And it becomes a very important aspect of your business and your growth. So it's like, name your price, feel into it, and then own it. And if you can't own it and you know, it's the right price, but it, you really have a hard time saying it, find those people like you have, Chris, that can help override that limiting belief. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's totally normal and okay. We all have these things in our life that can be roadblocks if we allowed them to be roadblocks, but get back to that why and your biggest mission or the bigger mission here. Like, why did you become a speaker? It's not to have money issues, <laughs> right. right? And right. it's not to be devalued for what you bring to that stage. It's to share your value and make that impact and walk off and feel really damn good about the whole experience. You deserve that. So, right. It really yeah. is an important conversation. Yeah. I often say um, when I was doing a lot of business coaching to female entrepreneurs, I would do this whole mindset meditation. And it went from having them looking in their bank account and mm -hmm. seeing this like horrific dollar amount in there. 
and how did it physically make them feel? And they would have to like act it out in a room full of other entrepreneurs. Wow. And then the opposite of that, like opening your bank account and seeing this unbelievable number. Mm-hmm. And then how do you feel and act that out? And just looking at the two different energies is, it was really, it was really wild. It was really cool to, to watch yeah. that go down. It, it does type directly back into how you show up. And it's, it's not that you're materialistic or money hungry. We need to drop those beliefs because it's mm-hmm. just simply not true. Yeah. You're building a business. Money is a good thing, especially if you're using it for good. Right. And, you know, you just need to find that. I love how you said, like, really feel into that number. And like, once you get to that place where you're like, heck yeah, this is it. Go with that. Mm-hmm. And then tap into those people who can help you override that thought. Really mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Who knew this was going to go down this road? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's been such a ride. We, it was about three months ago, we saw our bank account move into territory. We've never seen the numbers hit. And it was so funny because my initial thought was joy. And then my second thought was, this is going to be the new normal. I'm not going to let it go below this anymore. Mm. And it was kind of this, you know what I mean? It was like this Mario Brothers warp zone. I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to skip from level one. I'm going up to level seven. And it's, it's really summoned something deep out of me because it's a corollary to what you're saying too, about that, the way you show up when somebody is compensating me really well, I am going to way over deliver. And when somebody is compensating me, you know, kind of like the minimum side of, of my range, then I'm going to not necessarily wing it, right? Because there's more to it. But sure. yeah, I want to I want to be all in because everybody's going to win if we're all in. Mm-hmm. So it's it is so crazy how sure it's just numbers, right? But but there's there's so much energy and life behind that and we can either let that be a hindrance or let that kind of, you know, screw with our heads or let it be another thing that motivates us to show up powerfully in the world and not have judgment around that. And I'm really speaking to myself right now, because that's the journey <laughs> I'm on of, of what I'm learning. You know, I'm being honest about that. Yeah. I love a, that you're being honest journey. about this. It's, it's, it's a good journey to be on. I, that one of the things I'm learning as it relates to this is I don't have to believe my own thoughts about all of this. Yeah. Say that again. I, I don't have to believe my own thoughts about all of it. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm starting to take more of a questioning posture towards a lot of the things that I used to, you know, think were so true and just kind of ask like, what if that's BS? Like, what if that's yeah. not true at all? Yeah. What if, what if this is true instead? It's really cool how just a little bit of objectivity and just kind of detaching from that thing, dislodging it a little bit, how it opens up such an expansiveness, how it opens up new opportunities. And then even things around you respond to that, right? Opportunities surface that you never would have let yourself receive. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning to kind of call out my own BS a little bit here. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps that help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. 
Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. Well, I, I think, you know, again, you're bringing up such a fabulous point around this. And I don't, I don't think we discuss this enough, right? Because mm-hmm. on, the, on the outside, the white picket fence, everything looks fabulous, right? But we really don't talk about it enough because it, it, is, it is something that, um, like an athlete, like they can get to a certain point, but then they have to work to get to the next point. And it's, it's because mm-hmm. there's always another athlete coming up. The same yeah. thing with our money. Like now you will never let that bank account drop below because that's become the new benchmark. Yeah. So money is something that I think we need to, to, to definitely talk about more and have these conversations. Something that we don't talk about is, is, um, you know, we're, we're born and placed into this family unit and we have a mother mm-hmm. and a father. If we're, if we're blessed enough to have both yeah. and they teach us things. And sometimes <laughs> Sometimes they don't teach it to us verbally. They teach us through their actions. And there are things, if you, if, if we all just sat back and thought, how did my mother handle money? There'll Mm. be endless stories that come up. How did my father handle money? There'll be, and then how did my parents handle money together? The stories that you'll download, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, no wonder why I handle money the way I handle money. Right. So we forget that we forget the um, inner child, if you will, quote unquote, that's living inside of us, reminding us that when you're stepping out of that comfort zone to ask for more money, he or she is inside going, oh gosh, don't do that. We were never taught how to do that. No, back up, back up, back up. Don't go there. Don't go there. And that, that those mindset gremlins, the ego, like we're trying to play bigger and it's trying to keep us in our safe zone. So this goes way deeper than any of us can even imagine but that's why as entrepreneurs, we must do this work, this ongoing personal development work, because it is that deep. It really is that deep. I mean, we could dissect the mother father story on a whole right. nother episode, <laughs> but it is, it's yeah. directly correlated to that. But you said something so true. We do not, they gifted us those stories. They gifted us their experience, their values, their morals, and all of that. God bless them all. God yeah. bless us current parents. I say to my kids all the time, <laughs> right. I'm sure you'll end up on a black couch with a therapist. I did my best. Right? Right. So we're all doing our best, yeah. but it doesn't mean as an adult today, you have to continue investing in those passed down stories and beliefs. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah. Not saying it's easy not to, but we right. just don't. But- yeah, I mean, there, you're you're absolutely right. There's so much there, right? There's these, yeah, these visceral. Our bodies remember all of this stuff and all these lessons, and you know, there's there's so much to that. Um, yeah, it's funny you talk about you know spending time on a black couch. My wife and I joke all the time how our boys don't have a college fund, but they have a therapy fund, and it's it's like, hey, I mean, whatever's going to get them what they need out of life, right? I mean, it may or may not be a degree, but it's definitely going to be somebody to challenge their thinking and to reframe their world and their experiences for them. Because mm-hmm. the stories we tell and the stories we're told absolutely unconsciously shape everything about how we show up in the world. And it, it does, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to say, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try on not believing that for a little bit. 
And that's super tough. Or even I'm, I'm reading a, a brilliant book right now called No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz about, uh, it's called Internal Family Systems Theory. Mm. And, and I actually use this idea, but carry it over into the strengths world, uh, this idea that you know, we, we have all these different parts of us that have different needs, responsibilities, longings, fears. And so instead of saying things like, I feel this way about money, right? Or I feel afraid about this. It's more, I feel generally this, but there's a part of me that feels. There's a part of me that's afraid. There's a part of me that wants to protect me from. There's a part of me that's excited about. And so being able to kind of parse that out a little bit and realize that we very easily make the story that belongs to a part of us, we over-identify with that and make that the story of all of us. And that's not necessarily the story that's going to best serve us. Right. Right. And that's, that's tough work though. It is. I mean, this is, this is like next level, the speaker lab podcast that we're doing. (laughs) This is next level. So you brought up a great point. And I, I, I feel like it's this, this don't deny it. Like, I think that's another mistake people make. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to force through it and I'm going to spend money. <laughs> that's not, that's not how you fix it. No, but no. It, it's knowing that it's there and respecting it because it got you this far. Mm-hmm. We've, uh-huh. We forget to thank that experience that, it, hey, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have this limiting be- belief. Doesn't mean it has to go with me into the next part of my life. Yeah. But I do have to thank it because maybe it did protect me from overspending or losing a lot more money or whatever. Being greedy, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. So it, it is, it's recognizing that it's there and not being like, oh my gosh, I have to fix this. Like now it, it's not that it's, it's not mm-hmm. that it, it's just honoring what is, but also being open and available to what could be around this, whether it's money time, love, success, this trickles, this is the same story across all of those things. And so that's such a great point that you bring up, you know, it's like work with it. Don't fight it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Right. If you, cause as soon as you deny or suppress those things, they take on a life of their own and they do, they squeak out sideways and all these really kind of crazy, you know, crazy ways. You're like, how did that come about? But um, the other piece of it too, there's a beautiful, line in um, evolutionary theory and kind of this this construct of how humans collectively and individually develop called spiral dynamics you you're probably familiar with it but there's this line in spiral dynamics theory um, that that talks about transcending and including right Mm -hmm. it's like like you evolution by nature um, jettisons the parts that are least helpful but always carries forward what's what's most helpful And so that can help us actually relax that anything we're letting go of, anything that we're shedding is going to be replaced by something more rich, more true, more beautiful. And a line that my wife and I've been using with each other a lot as we think about how we're going to invest more in our in our business and um, who's going to support us and what do we want to grow in? There's this distinction that came to me recently of is this an escape? Is this me trying to, you know, kind of like run from some heavy, some deep work I need to do? Or is this an evolution? Mm. And sometimes those can, you know, it can look the same on the outside. And so really being able to pause and, and ask myself, am I, am I wanting to do this and say yes to this or learn this as an escape from something else? Or is this the next evolution of who I'm becoming as a human? And there's going to be some pain in that. There's going to be some loss in that. So being able to grieve that, being able to acknowledge, right? Like this is hard to let go of this thought because it has served me well. 
Yeah. Thank you for how you serve me. Now here's what I'm going to let that be replaced with. Mm-hmm. I wish that that human development was just this always trending upward, beautiful, <laughs> joyous, you know, bells ringing, hallelujah, powerful soundtrack behind us. Journey. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like such a slog and such a, uh, there's so much grief in it. Yeah. Because like you said, these things have served us so powerfully. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. such a, it's such a mixed bag, but the, the journey is so worth it. Right. But it, but to think that, that it's going to be easy or if it's right, that it's going to be simple, right. Or painless. Um, yeah. I, I've been in a season of life where I just know that's, that's absolutely not true. That's, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it sounds like um, clearly you do a lot of ongoing personal development work and I think that's critical. And if you were to, give advice to somebody or, or let's do it this way in terms of your speaking business, Mm. how has this work made an impact on your speaking business? I mean, you've invested in the speaker lab, booked and paid to speak. You've invested in virtual, um, the virtual VIP with Eric Ream. You invest in your mindset on the daily. It sounds like you invest in your why over and over again. I mean, all of these things like who are you today as Chris Ayla, the speaker? I hope who I am today is, is more of who I've always been and that I'm, that I'm just continually saying yes to the unfolding of who I am. Um, can, I, can I answer the question with two quick tree analogies that, sure. that I think hopefully pulled together maybe in, in a single branch? Um, I, I heard one time that the, that the DNA of a tree is all contained within the seed that that from the very beginning how that tree is going to unfold is all contained within the seed and so whenever that tree grows it's simply becoming more of itself Hmm. just a really beautiful picture right because sometimes growth feels like oh like am i oh i don't know like is this you you try things on but so i've been trying to remind myself this is this is simply an unfolding of more of who i've always been but the other piece of that i actually have a a bonsai tree near my office here. And most people, when they think of bonsai trees, this, this analogy came from one of my mentors, but um, he, he talked about how a bonsai tree, we often think of that as this small, beautiful, tiny tree, but he said, there's no such thing as a bonsai tree. Basically it's, it's any tree taken and put in a, in a box, in a planter. And the reason it stays small is because its roots are kept small. Mm. And so you can take that box off and that tree will grow and so I have like a six foot tall bonsai tree outside my office you know there are ones that can be 18 20 feet tall because the limiting structures around them have been taken off to let those roots go down deeper and unfold and then the tree can can grow commensurate to that so all that to say I see my speaking business as simply another unfolding of who I've always been and bringing more of these elements together into my life. So I'm, I'm meeting people that I never would have met. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having conversations with people in the middle of Iowa at 11 at night around a fire pit about rocks from Auschwitz, Germany, concentration camps, wow. and how those teach us about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these things and, and all these people that there's this richness, this tapestry that these opportunities have, have given me. Um, that I, I don't know if I would have had the, the courage or wherewithal to really lean into and, and say yes to. 
so how that translates to my business, I don't know yet because <laughs> I'm, you know, that's, that's still unfolding, but I'm, I'm loving the journey. I'm, I'm loving what's opening up, what's becoming a possibility. And it's, it's really fun to, to stand on a stage or be at a meal with somebody who you never would have had a chance to interact with mm-hmm. and, and share those stories and, and realize common points of interest and feel less alone, right? Feel like your world is, is being widened and it's the ripples, right? Like, I, I guess I'm, I'm using so many different analogies. I'm all over the place. Here, no, but no, I, but it makes, I mean, it's, it's making I, sense. Yeah. The, the ripples are expanding in really beautiful ways. Um, hopefully in part because I'm leaning in to this personal development work and saying, I'm sick of buying into my own BS. <laughs> so yeah, I'm done yeah. with you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize if I didn't in any way answer your question, but I, I see it as all integrated, you know, all yeah. related. Hopefully as my bank account goes up, as the opportunities go up, as the audience, I don't even want to say audience size, as the audience engagement mm-hmm. goes up, as the richness and confidence in what I bring goes up. I think that how does it, how's the saying go? Rising tide raises all boats, right? Mm-hmm. So any work you do anywhere is going to raise the level of, of work all over. It's, it's been fun to see how that happens. Yeah. I, I think you're being a little humble, if I might just say, because, you know, you're Chris, but I think, you know, uh, watching your speaking business, you traveling, you speaking more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our last conversation, you're like, I just love traveling and, you oh, know, okay. coming home and like, getting paid to do that the way that I've never been paid before. And I, I really, it's such a, um, it's, it's a direct result of all of those components, right? Cause it's never just one thing, right? It's always the multiple aspects of, of who we are as a being and how we live this life. Right. And so I just think you're such a great example of um, investing in your business, uh, you know, becoming an expert as a speaker and then investing in who you are as a human being every day, over and over. And I, I you know, talk about a ripple effect. I think it's having mm-hmm. a huge ripple effect in your mm-hmm. business, in your life. Um, it's, it's just really cool to watch. And I, and I think that you're just a great example of, yes, you could, you could write a talk, perfect your talk. That's amazing. Congrats. That's great. Mm-hmm. Very important. If you want to be a speaker, <laughs> very important but don't leave off these other things that actually are the fuel to this business. And that's taking care of who you are from the, from your soul out, you know, and taking care of the other relationships in your life and really um, having that why at the center and the core of all that you do and being really clear and defined with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think your example of, of all of those things that are, are getting the flywheel spinning and it's just mm. spinning faster and faster and faster. I mean, we are just an analogy out on this. <laughs> oh, yes. we are. That's, that's beautiful. Mary Alice. Thank you for that. There's a line that, that I think is going to become um, it's, it's the tagline of my new brand kit. You know what I mean? Whenever I get yeah. around, I'm, we're still, as you know, my, my wife is recovering from a kidney transplant. So we've, it's fun to engage this conversation because the last six weeks have been full on family mode. And yeah. I'm grateful that we've had the financial, you know, backing and things in place to be able to do that. But I've had to kind of hit pause for a lot of different things to be fully all hands on deck for my family. Um, but the, the line that kind of hold the, 
the thread that holds all this together for me is the idea of the power of seeing the human behind the work. And I guess what I'm hearing you say is that either, I don't want to say I'm doing a better job than I think, right? I'm my own worst, <laughs> worst critic. Can't, God um, forbid. <laughs> but I guess what I'm, what I, what I'm hoping is that I will include myself in that scene, right? That, that I will not only encourage other people to see the human behind the work and see how that transforms their workplaces, their managerial relationships, whatever it is, right? Their organization, but to, to see themselves behind the work and to let themselves be seen. The more I'm letting myself do that, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a really, really transformative journey for me. The, the pause in my business for the last six weeks has yeah. actually been really healthy because it, it's, it's pushed me further in and it's made me miss it and made me long for it more and, and want to get back to that cadence of, yeah, I want last, I want this fall to be the new normal. Mm, love I'm that. super excited about that. That's great. That's, that's where it's headed. I see Thank that for you. For the way that you all have supported me in that, because I, we would, I wouldn't be describing this if I wouldn't have found the speaker lab. And yeah. Yeah. It's been literally, it's been a game changer. I'm so grateful. It's awesome. And, and, you know, listen, we could have spent the last 45 minutes talking about speaking and but I think we actually talked about something that's so important for speakers, aspiring speakers, you know, really knowing your worth mm. and like really believing in that. And that, that might require letting certain thoughts and beliefs die so that new things can come to life for you. But I think that this message is so profound. And I, I, I know that you're going to impact so many people who are listening to this today, because like I said, it, it's just not a topic that's discussed enough in this raw way, you know? Mm. Um, so I really appreciate your honesty and, and transparency around that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you to, to those of you that are listening for letting us maybe go off the beaten path of <laughs> some of the, the routes of where the podcast often goes, which are always beautiful. But yeah, it's, it's a joy. These are the things that matter to me is the, the human level, the soul level conversations and learning how to, to bring that in wherever, you know, wherever it's welcome. That's, yeah. that's what, what makes me sing inside. That's what lights me up. Thank you for this. You're awesome. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.